Voxbus. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Prebo Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Welcome, everybody, to this episode, Transforming Your Inner Critic. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because we know that inner critic can play havoc with our relationships. So we got to transform it. So I'll be doing a monologue today and talking and exploring about transforming your inner critic. But before I get on to that, I want to mention I got my Facebook group page up that I promised I would last podcast and I talked about it. For those of you that want to have discussions and ask questions and interact about these subjects that I'm presenting on my podcast and you can share your ideas and experiences and thoughts also with each other. That's on my Heart Share Counseling Facebook page and the group is Relationships Let's Talk About It podcast group. So you can check out the notes and it has hyperlinks on the show notes for this episode to go there and join. I like putting that out there because some of you have personally written to me and told me the benefits of what you're getting from the podcast and certain things that are coming up for you and ideas and questions. And I would love for you to share it with each other. So that's why I also set up this Facebook page. Come and check it out. We'd love to have you there. So the inner critic. So I bet you everybody knows what that is because everybody's got one. That voice inside your head, that self-talk, that is critical of ourselves, that's judging ourselves, that says that we're not good enough or we can't do it right. And it's a lot of incidences that tell us about our past and comparison. But the one thing about that inner critic, that we have it, it's there to protect us. Sometimes it's protecting us, but most of the time it's wreaking havoc. But it's there, the purpose is to protect us. Because in our past, we experienced hearing a critical voice that we took on and mistakenly made our own. And we thought about it and thought about it and made it a habit about ourselves. So another way to think about the inner critic is that it's a big part of our defense mechanism. When we go on defense, usually by default, we're trying to protect ourselves. And usually that's our inner critics or critic at work. I mean, check out this study. There's studies that show that we have between 12,000 and 60,000 thoughts a day. 98% of those thoughts are exactly the same thoughts that we had the day before creature of habits, huh? Right? And 80% of our thoughts are negative, critical, judgmental. 80%. That's a lot of thoughts that we're having, but most of the time they're unconscious. They're submerged. We can't really hear them or see them consciously, but they're constantly working at us. 
12,000 to 60,000 thoughts, 80% of that, that could be up to 48,000 negative thoughts a day being bombarded by it. So one part is that we have to bring that to the consciousness and we have to question it. We have to really look at it. So you got to be aware that they're there and many of us know that they're there before we can transform it. So to go back in the origin again, many of us were told in some form or another by non-acceptance, by judgment, by outright punishment that we weren't good enough in some areas or all areas or when we made mistakes, it wasn't acceptable. When you repeat to a child that they're not good enough, what happens? Plain and simple, they end up believing that. So there's been a part of us that we have believed some criticism that came to us, usually from our parents or from authority figures. We took that on and we ended up believing it. So even in our rational mind, when we know it may be not true now for us as adults, there's a part of us that still believes it because it's so ingrained. I have so many clients that, all of us, I mean, that's happening, but so many of my clients that are having really challenges with their inner critics, especially when they're having challenges in relationships. Because the inner critic does wreak havoc on relationships. If I am being critical of myself over and over and over again, I'm going to expect my partner to actually be the more loving and the kind and convincing me and giving them the burden to make me feel better or try to convince me that I'm different than what I think. And those of you know that's happening in that dynamic, it doesn't work. It's a real mess when you rely on your partner constantly to be able to fill that void. Here's another way that our inner critic messes with our relationships. Because the thing about the inner critic voice, because it's not just a voice, but it's also the energy behind how we pick ourselves apart and see ourselves as not good enough for our partner or that we don't deserve the relationship. It's trying to convince us that we're not worthy of love or that by expressing our needs to our partner that they may not love us anymore. They may judge us, move away from us. So our inner critic is also one of the forces behind our tendency to control or micromanage other people, our partner, our families, because it's not good if we lose control. So our inner critic um, is usually behind our attacks to our partner because we're frustrated or maybe we're upset or not at all centered in ourselves. So we take that out on the people closest to us. So then through all of that, if what we really want in our relationships, and I see it every day, even though all that criticism is going back and forth and blame and paranoia, yeah, a lot of blame that's going back when that inner critic is there, a lot of judgment. And most of us really want to just really have love and to connect and to feel loved. So then why does our inner critic put up so many blocks and roadblocks to us succeeding in our relationship? Again, it's there to protect us. 
So it's because our inner critics are terrified that we're going to be hurt and it wants to protect us. So for me, when I realized that my inner critic was really trying to protect me and it wasn't going away, I couldn't silence it. At times it would be less, but it was there. I wanted to have a relationship with it. So this is one way about the transformation of it is having it work for me. I wanted to give it another job description. I mean, my man was relentless. He kept coming and coming and coming. He had energy behind it. So in my mind's eye, I was picturing it. Just give it another job description. Get him out of the, the job description of inner critic. Put on another hat that actually is more encouraging for myself. That's what I know I do so much better. And I'm much more motivated through encouragement than I am through criticism. And criticism takes away my energy and I feel very tired and exhausted from the fight within. It's exhausting. Years ago, I was getting a massage. This is maybe about 15 years or so ago. I was getting a massage from my boy Cosmos. Cosmos Vickery. And that's his legal name. His first name is Cosmos. His parents named him Cosmos. He's, a, he's such a good guy. And he's a massage therapist. And I came to him for a session when I threw my back out really, really bad. Barely moving. And, uh, of course, my inner critic was going about how I hurt myself. I didn't stretch enough. I didn't do this enough. I'm not taking care of myself. And so that inner critic voice was going. And I remember when I was face down starting, starting the massage and Cosmos asked me to turn over. And I remember it took so much of my mindful strength to find the right way to struggle to just turn over on the massage table. And part of me at the time was thinking, well, my, my man's not even helping me in any way. And when I turned over, his response to me was, wow, man, I'm really inspired by your effort there, Prepo. <laughs> he said that he was inspired by my efforts. He saw my struggle and that, that, that I did it and I got up. And instead of focusing on my struggle or the negativity or even a judgment, he looked where he was inspired of what I was experiencing and doing. And it really shifted in me really quickly of like, wow, yeah, can I see myself in that way? Instead of seeing myself broken with this back thrown out, why can't I see that part of me that just exhibited this incredible effort just to turn over? That was a little example, but boy, that really showed me how some people can really focus and see through what is encouraging and what is positive and what is the strength that we're experiencing. Because I know in my experience, I've got to accept those parts of myself that I'm judging or my inner critic will become my enemy. Those are big words, those are harsh words, but I know it because ba I battle my inner critic. 
the volume is getting way lower than it used to be. So that's why I'm talking about transforming it. I'm not done. I'm not a human being that gets done at all. I'm working the inner critic. Just like, again, I kind of uh, do some sharing about doing these monologue podcasts. They're more challenging than doing the conversation with because I'm just in this room by myself, talking to myself, hoping that I'm envisioning all of you listening, which does help, but I'm just talking to myself. And there are times that I procrastinate, that I'm thinking that I'm not working hard enough, that I'm not working smart enough, that I'm being lazy because I procrastinated doing this podcast a few days later than what I should have done. So I actually did an exercise with that that I would throw out to you is writing down that inner critical voice. Write it down. Write it down what it says. And then with your non-dominant hand, write right back to it. Your non-dominant hand can't write all sweet and smooth. It gets right to the point. So I know some of the things that I wrote was, and it's very hard to even read, but it's something to the effect of, hey, why don't you shut up? I'm not those things. I love me and I want you to see that. Work with me. I'm in charge, bro. And you know it. (laughs) That's how I talked back to myself writing with my non-dominant hand. It came, it cut through. And we have to question those thoughts. Those thoughts that come in that are, again, the predominant thoughts that we have that's not serving us throughout the day. we got to come back, and one of the best ways to come back is that you show another side of it, and that becomes habit. You just think those thoughts over and over again. A belief system is just a thought that you've thought over and over again. You want to change your belief system? You think another thought. We have a certain belief system of ourselves, and if it's critical, then if we want to change it, then we have to change the thought and think that over and over and over again. So it's working it. It's working the inner critic. One way that that inner critic shows up, of course, is when we judge ourselves when we are comparing. Comparison can also be the seeds towards depression. Because that's one thing that we're looking at our lives and we're comparing that we're not feeling a certain way, that we should be in a certain way. That's an aspect of depression. And when I know that I have depressive thoughts, they're also in comparison of what I think my life should be, maybe even comparing my life with others. And one thing that actually fuels and increases and fosters comparison is competition. So we have to think about in our minds when we think that we're competing for something with somebody else to get something that they, that we don't want them to have, that we want to have it. I mean, sometimes the, the bad side of sports that I don't like was when competition comes in and there's nasty comparisons, that there's hard trash talking. I get about being pumped and and utilizing that energy, 
But I liked when I was in competition to actually at times appreciate what my competitor was doing. I know that sounds kind of funky, but there were times when I was playing baseball and somebody hit a hell of a shot. Maybe they got a double. We were standing on second base and I just looked at him and I said, man, that was a hell of a hit. Instead of maybe ignoring or putting down, competition can actually be joyful. And instead of having comparisons can be a gnawing process, a way of taking away self-worth, self-esteem, our sense of self. You know, we have to realize that we are all a piece of this big puzzle. If this world is this big puzzle, we cannot at all think that we shouldn't have the shape of us, right? We're our unique shape, like a piece of a puzzle. All of our experiences, our thought processes, if we compare ourselves to another piece of the puzzle, we're not fitting in the whole puzzle. We've got to embrace ourselves and who we are. And we grew up in a society that's, that's really challenging from a material standpoint, from a bodily standpoint. A lot of the inner critic that people has is around their physicalness. I know I've had it. I had it many times in my life. I grew up a teenager that I had acne. Some of us have had acne, but I had acne. And I remember it was like, I didn't want to go to school most of the days. Did I have a good acne day or a bad acne day? And that really wore my self-esteem because I compared myself. I let other thoughts or criticism come in. And it was really hard. And sure, it's hard as a teenager to accept ourselves. But that is the road to getting there. I'm 56 years old right now. And I'm having some other stuff around my body that wasn't around there. Spots on my on my skin, hair where I'm losing it, hair where I don't want it. I mean, I just remember, and this was a good, this was a good reminder around that. Even today, when I was showering and I looked in the, in the shower, I went, oh man, there's still more hair in the shower drain that I'm losing that hair. And I felt sort of sad and a little self-critical about it. And then I had a session today uh, with a new client and uh, I asked him if he had any questions. And his question was, he said, well, yeah, I got one. How can I get curls like yours? And he was a bald, he was all bald. <laughs> and right away, I wanted to put a little caveat and say, yeah, but, you know, this morning I was losing the back, uh, you know. And instead, I just like took that in, took that breath in of accepting and appreciating aspects of myself and not looking at some of the negative or critical parts. I mean, that even showed up today about my hair. One of the most challenging exercises I think a human being can do, one of them, is to stand naked in front of the mirror and actually look at every inch of our bodies and love every inch, accept every part of that body and not be critical of it, not judge it, but actually love it. When I give that exercise to clients, they freak. They shriek. They're like, uh, I don't want to do that one. Nope. I can't do that one. Sounds like a simple exercise, but we all know, whoa, that's a hard one. If we can't even accept the shell that is our body, 
how are we going to accept really the inner parts of ourselves that we're constantly, right, almost 60,000 thoughts a day. I don't look in the mirror 60,000 times. Maybe that's the challenge for people. Maybe it's got to be, you got to look in the mirror a lot less so you have a lot less judgment. Or you make that conscious effort that when you look in the mirror again, you're going to look at what you like, not where there's a hair out of place or looking at aspects that you don't like about your face or your body, but look at what you do like. That's intentionally trying to transform that inner critic. When you do that within yourself and accept more of that part and the physical part of yourself, tell you what, you're going to sure as hell accept your partner's physicalness way more, way, way more when you accept yours. When I accept aspects of my body aging, I definitely accept more of my wife's beautiful aging process comes from within myself. If I'm having judgment of it, I'm going to judge her also. So accepting things that are not desirable about ourselves, those places really need the love. That's where we need to focus on the love. And when we act based on these fears, those critical messages, we typically then close off we back away, we will create more distance in our relationship, we might burst out in anger. Our inner protectors will do anything to deflect and guard us against pain or disappointment. Furthermore, our inner critic acts as a buffer between us and our real feelings. It doesn't want us to feel those because we may take action that actually puts us in further danger. So again, this challenge of putting this barrier up in place that's placed by our inner critic is that it only prevents us from accessing our true feelings, our intuition. It also prevents our partner from accessing our true essence, ourselves. Our partner can't have access to ourselves because we don't have access to ourselves. So here's another exercise that can really help to transform that inner critic. I was taking a workshop at Esalen many years ago, and we did this in one of the workshops. One of our tasks for the four-day workshop was when we woke up and when we started our day, we were to ask this question, where in my life can I bring kindness and compassion to myself. Where in my life can I bring kindness and compassion to myself? Remember asking that question and then sitting in meditation for about 10 minutes until some answers would arise. Noticing patterns and areas that I was most critical of myself. And that day, I was bringing more kindness and compassion to myself. It's very transformative. It was changing more of the focus, again, of even recognizing the critical thoughts to intentionally putting out kindness and compassion to myself, especially the parts that needed it so much, the critical parts. And if you ask that question to yourself, you'll get an answer of where, where to focus and send 
those areas of kindness and compassion to yourself during the day. It might be focusing on areas that make mistakes during the day. Can I put more kindness and compassion when I recognize that I make a mistake? Because we all know that the mistake is not intentional and it's there to give us really room to grow. We've got to make mistakes in order to grow. We all hear that, but we have to really believe it. Yeah, I know it's challenging when we make the same mistakes over and over. That's a little different. We have to really look at that. <laughs> but also with compassion, with curiosity, not with self-judgment. Maybe I can look at the areas where I compare myself with others or even with different parts and times in my life where I thought maybe it was better in some area or I took care of myself differently in, in another area. I can send focused compassion and kindness to those areas. That's a great exercise. Another exercise to piggyback off of that would be to ask the question, where are my relationship Am I blaming? Am I critical? And instead, bring kindness and compassion to my partner. Now that's a tricky one because self-blame has a way to also come in. And the self-criticism, again, is coming in about how we might be critical of our partners. But if we look at it from more curiosity, where in my relationship am I being critical of my partner? Can I stop that today? And can I bring more kindness and compassion towards my partner? Now I'm changing that inner critic that goes towards somebody else. My partner to push in some way her away when it gets too scary in our relationship of coming close, perhaps in intimacy, where I think that Ooh, I'm going to start to show really myself and my faults. It's getting too good. That's what happens, right? When people get close in intimacy. There's a protection mechanism that we actually start pushing it away when it starts getting good because the person's going to find out more about ourselves. We'll disappoint them. We'll disappoint ourselves. So we push that away. And again, remember, when we are able to accept those flawed parts of ourselves, the areas that, especially in our relationship, that we've made some mistakes, then we're going to be more apt to hear and make room when our partner wants to actually tell us or bring up some of the ways that's causing them to feel some distress. We're going to be able to witness that more because we're accepting of even those parts that we don't like. So when you experience that and you feel that you're able to accept those parts more, you're going to be able to witness your partner's, let's say, disappointment or calling you out. So we're going to be able to be less defensive and we're going to be able to perhaps validate our partner's feelings. And that transforms relationships. Then getting defensive and blaming and criticizing back. You know that dynamic. We also have to change the thought process of how we go back in our history that reinforces the inner critic. Instead, it will be much better if you go through memories of experiences, even if you have to take photos out to those times in your life, that you've moved through challenges, that you remember your efficacy, right? Efficacy is that you've done something in the past, then you know you can do something similar to that now and in the future. 
that you'll be able to fuel your efficacy and remember that and give yourself reminders of you moved through this challenge. So it's reminders when you had strength and courage and perseverance and that you were able to appreciate your process and the decisions that you made to move you through in that growth. Focusing on those experiences, even if they're not so many, but you'll be surprised if you do go back and you can see it, especially when you start to put a focus on it and you start to scan for it. Because again, wherever the mind's eye goes, you'll see more of it. So you'll be able to start creating a habit of also looking at aspects of your experience in the past, not of your failures, not of your critical judgments of yourself, but more of your positive efficacy. And that's going to help you transform your inner critic. So as we all know, when we get more vulnerable in a relationship, the inner critic usually shows up more because it's trying to protect ourselves. It's on guard more. It's more active. But when we recognize that, that that's at play, and we're working our inner critic to reestablish another voice inside of ourselves, we're going to open up ourselves to new paths and deeper communications, more authentic feelings and connections with our relationships around us. So we can transform that inner critic. It does not have to drive us. It doesn't have to call the shots. We can do that. We can be the gatekeepers of our mind and tell those voices, nope, you're not welcomed. We can question those voices and we can change them and transform them and turn them around. It's just working it day to day, moment to moment. So be kind to yourselves in the process. Okay, everybody. Thanks for listening. Make yourselves a beautiful day. Relationships. Let's Talk About It is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed professional counselor Prepo Toplitsky, visit HeartShareCounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk at AdiTheMonk.com. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Relationships, Let's Talk About It is produced by PodCraft. Create your own great podcast today, faster and easier at podcraft.us. Thank you.